Welcome to A Life That Lasts. I am your host, Kendall Keeler, author of Your Last 24, a book about courageously facing death. I'm here with my friend, Nancy Angle, a mom, a grandma, a writer, and a cancer warrior. Together, we are discussing each chapter of my book and interviewing various guests who can provide helpful perspectives on this often avoided topic of death. You can find lots more information about us, the podcast, and my book at kendallkeeler.com. That's spelled K-E-N-D-A-L-L-K-E-E-L-E-R.com. Hello, courageous friends. I'm Nancy Engel, and this is episode number 26 of the podcast. It's Monday, the 21st of June, 2021, as we record this. And today, we will be discussing our 23, Carrying the Burden. I don't like carrying burdens. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? No. (laughs) I have a friend of mine who recently has set out on a journey. I mean, first of all, he was doing a lose weight journey, but now as a part of this, he has started hiking with weight on his back. Mm-hmm. And I saw him just this past weekend carrying weight 11 miles. I mean, I think it was 200 some pounds. I mean, it's like, what? I, I'm not sure if it's a combination of his body weight and the weight on his backpack, but he's, let's put it this way. He's carrying a lot of weight, cumulative, however it works out. But the point is, he has intentionally chosen to carry the burden of extra weight. Why in the world would he do that? It's because he's trying to strengthen himself. He's trying to get a little more fit. Mm-hmm. And I know people that are cyclists like me, and there will be times in training rides they will carry extra weight just to strengthen their legs, strengthen their body for times when they are just carrying their normal weight. And I know there are runners who wear a weighted vest for specific times or whatever and you're a crazy cyclist person so you know you ride crazy in miles for the purpose of being in shape or yes this this morning when I went out for a ride I was intentionally thinking where is the closest mountain I can ride up so that I can get a good workout this morning because I knew I had limited time Mm -hmm. But I wanted to get a good workout, and so I went directly to one of the tallest hills that I know nearby and cranked it up there, and my legs were screaming at me, but in the end, it was a good workout. More power to you. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm working on, more power. (laughs) So this is the topic at hand, is this idea of carrying the burden, and we've talked in the last several chapters about following the one who had the courage to face death with intentionality and when we follow him we too can face death with courage we can carry that burden knowing that in the end us deliberately facing death even if we don't have a diagnosis Mm -hmm. 
you know, people would look at me and they say, Kendall, you're healthy. You, mm -hmm. you know, you really shouldn't have any need to think about death. But at the same time, I know there is always the possibility that I could get in a car and drive somewhere and car accidents happen all the time. We see them in the newspaper on a regular basis where someone is killed in a car accident. There are a lot of situations in which death could occur mm -hmm. and we need to live our lives courageously preparing for that. Obviously that is the series that we've been on. This particular chapter is intended to wrap up this book. It's the second to last chapter and my goal in this chapter was to really summarize a lot of the content that we've been talking about. So I open the chapter with this particular sentence, difficulty, not comfort, is the pathway to experiencing resurrection. And in the last uh, chapter we were talking about the power of the resurrection, being able to experience the hope of the resurrection. That's the good thing that we know is on the other side of death. If we follow Jesus, the one who was resurrected from the dead, we know that when we face death, putting our trust in him, we too can experience the power of the resurrection. But in order to get to resurrection, we have to go through difficulty. I'm fine with the resurrection. It's the getting there part that is a little daunting. <laughs> I know. And a lot of times when I talk to people about death, they say, I don't mind thinking about getting to heaven. I just don't like the idea of the process to get Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mm -hmm, right there. Yeah. But that is the world in which we live. That mm -hmm. is the valley of the shadow of death that we need to walk through. And in this chapter, I was thinking through what could be a good illustration to wrap things up. And I wasn't sure how relevant this would be to everyone, but I do know we live in a world, at least in America, where winning the lottery seems to be this ongoing wow, wouldn't it be great to just win the lottery? Boy, if I could just win the lottery, you know. All my problems would be solved. Right. That, <laughs> that seems to be an ongoing theme. And, and what it reminded me of is how tempted we are, all of us, to prefer the easy way. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that we can avoid the pain? Is there a way that we can just do things fast? Is there a way that I can get money fast, get happiness fast? You know, everything, we want it fast. And I am what they call preaching to the choir here, meaning <laughs> I, I, I am preaching to myself on this one. I am, uh, I have a tendency to be a fairly impatient person meaning that I have goals, I want to accomplish those goals, and I'd love for them to be done sooner rather than later. Of course. <laughs> but the challenge of life is that 
things typically do not happen as quickly as we want them to. And the same is true when we think about this learning to deal with death is when Jesus is challenging his disciples, he's telling them throughout their entire time together, this is what's going to happen, this is the journey I'm going to be on. And for him, his transition from this life through the valley of death was a very difficult, painful, it didn't happen overnight. I mean, it was quick. It was not quick. It was long and difficult. And for myself, I often find it challenging to do the more difficult things. Mm -hmm. And I think that most of our listeners, if they're honest with themselves, would confess that we all have a tendency to want the easy way out. And playing the lottery might be one of those things. Um, I am personally, uh, have been doing some more reading and studying and listening to podcasts and stuff about investing overall. And when it comes to investing, good investors recognize that, yes, sometimes growth can happen quickly, but often your greatest lessons come out of your losses when you realize, well, I didn't do that well, and it takes time to learn how to be a good investor. And if someone is young and they have someone else investing for them, it takes time for that investment to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. You put in $5 here, $10 there, $100 there, and over time you start seeing that growth happen. I have the blessing of my children standing on the edge of the nest, and it's good to see how far they've come. But when they were younger, we were just talking about this over the weekend, which was Father's Day. Uh, my children were asking me, what do you like about being a dad? What, do you, what was challenging to you about being a dad? And I said that, you know, what I loved about being a, a, a dad of a younger child, or even now, I love seeing my children be able to do something that either we taught them to do mm -hmm. or we always hoped that they could do. Mm -hmm. When they're able to do something on their own, and I'm like, okay, we, we had some success. Yes. <laughs> but what was the hardest for me was disciplining my children, you know, causing them any kind of discomfort or pain. I didn't like doing that. No. But I knew that as a good father, that that was something I needed to do. And uh, I told them, I said, that was one of the harder things. And so then we started talking about some of their memories. You oh, know, that's always fun. <laughs> of disciplines in the past. But, you know, it's this is the challenge of life, is that we need to walk those difficult roads and that is the calling that Jesus has that it's the unglamorous path that um, ultimately brings success and I reference the story in the beginning of the book about Mr. Miyagi and uh, Daniel uh, standing on the edge of the wobbling boat and that Jesus also calls us to have that courage to face discomfort 
Nancy, if you were going to give someone advice uh, regarding courageously facing discomfort, what would you say has helped you in your life have the courage to face discomfort? Maybe when you don't feel like it, what keeps you putting one foot in front of the other? Honestly, Keeler, I do not feel brave or courageous most of the time. Um, but it's just walking the path that is before me, knowing that God is with me and reminding myself over and over again of his words of comfort and strength. He is my strength when I am weak. To me, it's God's word is a an anchor mm-hmm. for my soul. Yeah. When I do not feel brave, and knowing God's presence um, in difficult circumstances, I can envision Jesus standing beside me. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this on the podcast, but Jesus standing beside me with His hand on my head. To me, that's just comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, you know, through the Holy Spirit, He is there providing that strength and comfort in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate what you said about God's Word. And it's His promises. It's His... When He says something, we can trust in it. And... I was thinking about that the other day because when God and I were having a conversation about some things in my life that I was getting impatient about, I had to go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that I know to be true? Mm-hmm. Well, I recall a Bible study with Beth Moore that was called Believing God. And there is a line that she had the audience repeat over and over and over that has stuck with me and really is that anchor. You talk about an anchor. It's, I am who God says I am, mm-hmm. which is huge. So often we get confused about who we are. You know, am I a failure? Am I, a, you know, no, mm-hmm. I am who God says mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. I can do what God says I can do. Mm-hmm. So if God says, you can do this. You can become an overcomer. I can, I can transform you from darkness into light. I can take you from where you were to where I want you to be. You can be born again. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to be... I mean, you can be more than a conqueror, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to be overcome by the things of this world, but you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. And the final statement is, I'm believing God. Did I, I miss re- any part I, of that? I don't recall, but the thing that I recall from that series is, I, you point to your chest, believe Mm -hmm. to your head, Mm -hmm. God, you point to heaven, I believe God. As soon as you started saying that, that's what came to me. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. I believe God. 
Right, right. He has the final say. Yeah. And what's the alternative? The alternative is believing ourselves. <laughs> well, um, I have often in my life deceived myself. I thought I was right about something, and then I realized I was completely wrong. <laughs> because I have limited perspective. Right. I have limited knowledge. But if there is a God who is all-knowing, mm -hmm. how could we not trust that God? And that is who God claims he is. He, he proposes that he is the God who knows all. Mm -hmm. And if he knows all, then he is worth trusting because he knows what is in our best interest. He knows um, he is the good, good father that can provide that good path for his children, even in the midst of situations where we might wonder is this really the right path you know yes that's the bottom line things don't always work out the way i pray the way i wish mm -hmm. um and there's so much i don't understand yeah. about god he doesn't fit my theology mm -hmm. but i trust him bottom line i trust him more than i trust my own understanding mm -hmm. and that gives me peace yeah and that's, that is the best way to live. We need to have an anchor greater than ourselves. We need to mm -hmm. have a foundation stronger than ourselves. And I think that for myself, what I have discovered about prayer is that at times when I get frustrated in prayer, it's because I'm trying to move God and make him do something that I want him to do. Whereas the analogy and i think i might have said this in an earlier podcast the analogy that has really challenged me is to realize that that prayer is like a dock with a rope attached to a boat and when i'm praying and i pull on that rope it is moving the boat closer to the dock the key to that illustration is that i am the boat and god is the dock mm -hmm. And prayer brings me closer into alignment with who he is and where he is and what he's doing. And so often I want prayer to, to be God being the boat and me being the dock mm -hmm. and I'm trying to pull him into my world. Yeah. And it's, that is not what prayer is intended to be. And yet he does want us to be honest and, yes. and ask. Yes. So I, I take comfort in that. I'm asking and trusting. Yep, yep. And I, through that illustration, people might think, well, are you claiming that God doesn't change? Well, he doesn't change in his character. No. But he does change situations. He can work however he wants to work. He is also all-powerful. So he could pick up that dock and move it wherever he wants to, but he is, in character, immovable, mm -hmm. unshakable. Mm -hmm. And that is who we can trust in. And so when Christ calls his followers to take up their cross and follow him, we can trust that he is calling us through a valley of difficulty, but into something good. And... 
one of the things I point out here as I as I mentioned this verse in Matthew 16 verses 24 to 25 where Jesus told his disciples he said if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it and this idea of taking up our cross Jesus was calling his disciples to take up the burden of death that idea of crucifixion his audience Jesus Jesus audience knew exactly what that meant and it meant I'm willing to carry that burden of death I'm willing to courageously face the loss of loved ones or the love my loved ones losing me I'm willing to face that difficult journey and say I want to live in a way that I'm intentionally preparing for that even though that feels like a very difficult road to walk I did something the other day I was on a walk and um, I had been talking to a friend of mine who we were saying you know from a he's a video guy and I said what would it be from the video side of things that could be a blessing to people that are left behind once we graduate to heaven and we talked a little bit about that and you know we thought well there's different things like somebody's laugh might be on Facebook or you know there may be somebody blowing out birthday candles or whatever there, there's a lot of different videos out there but if somebody were to intentionally record a video what's not out there and what my friend said to me that I thought was really good advice is he said you know there a person would need to deliberately be talking into the camera and giving a message mm -hmm. to the next generation mm -hmm. there's there's nothing out there like that and so when I was on a walk the other day I picked up my phone and I said okay this is gonna be awkward but I'm gonna give it a shot <laughs> so I recorded messages to my kids and to my wife mm. sort of in that well I did this last 24 book I should record these videos just in case something were to happen to mm -hmm. me and it was awkward it it really felt like carrying a cross I'm like this is what do I say how do I say it when I started talking to my wife I started getting teary I'm like this is not easy no to think about our loved ones um, having to live without us we don't none of us like that idea and yet this is the calling of Christ is that if we can have the courage to live life that way then if God gives us another hundred years or another 50 years or whatever <laughs> it's it almost feels like a piece of cake bonus <laughs> yeah because we went through too. that hard stuff you know I that has been on my mind to do something like that but I kind of feel like, oh, I'll wait till I know that my 
last options have run out. But is that really the best time? Should I do it now? That's a good question. Well, and I think I appreciate your candidness and honesty there because um, I think that's the struggle that we all have. When we think about, oh, you know, what are the chances that I really need a will right now? What are the chances I really need life insurance right now? What are the chances that, you know, and it all sounds like really small chances. And so we're like, ah, I'll push that off. What I am becoming more and more convinced of is that taking those difficult steps of picking up our cross, preparing for death, the character that it takes to do those things, the courage that it takes to do those things, is character that we need for all of life's passages. And if I can get myself and Nancy can get herself and we can we can take up that challenge to say I am going to do I'm going to prepare for the most difficult passage of life. And if I can get myself to do that then good grief I'm going to be more prepared for any of life's passages even if that passage of life doesn't happen for another 50 years. That's good. But let's have the courage, my friends, and I'm talking to myself here, to do those difficult things to prepare for our last passage. And as we do that, here's the beauty. We are demonstrating to our loved ones characteristics that we're going to hopefully want them to live out in their lives for generations to come. That's our show for today. Blessings to you and to those you love. We're glad you have been listening to us talk about living a life that lasts. Now it's your turn courageously, sacrificially, live this week in such a way that your life will be a life that lasts.